Hello, friends. I've got some bad news that might even shock you. The 2023-24 Boston Bruins will not be as good as last season's team. Gasp. Pretty obvious, I know, but we're going to give three reasons why that's the case here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Friday, July 14th. And I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. And here's how you can do it. Open up your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast is what I use. Search up Locked On Boston Bruins. Smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss a thing. You can also subscribe on YouTube and get fresh video content and a daily look at Bessie, the official cat of Locked On Boston Bruins, who without fail lately, jumps on my lap right as I begin to record. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey thoughts on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Ian C. McLaren. Quick programming note. Uh, Locked on NHL Network going down to three episodes a week beginning next week. However, I will still be around for all five days next week, seeing as I will be on vacation the following week. So expect uh, maybe just one new show between the 24th and the 28th of July. But I'll be back daily still from the 17th to the 21st. And then in August, three shows per week leading up to training camp. All right, let's get into today's episode. And again, like I said off the top, it's kind of a, I don't want to say bad news episode, but more of a reality check that Bruins will not be as good this coming season as they were. We're going to be talking about three reasons why the team could be worse next season and let's be honest they will be worse because the 2022-23 squad put together a regular season that is unlikely to be replicated by the Bruins or any other team for that matter for quite some time again they had 135 points 65 wins Only 12 regulation losses, five losses in overtime and a shootout for a point percentage of 823. Just ridiculous. They had the highest scoring team in the NHL. Actually, no, second highest scoring team in the NHL behind the Edmonton Oilers, but by far the best defensive effort in the NHL this past season. So many reasons why they were so good last year. And a big part of it was, of course, getting Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci back in the mix. 
and having David Pasternak still under contract at a team-friendly rate of $6.667 million while putting up career numbers, 61 goals, 113 points. And he's got a contract extension that's kicking in that will take him to, what, over $11 million. And it's very difficult to field as competitive and as deep of a team when you have two players making about 25% against the cap. That is David Pasternak plus Charlie McAvoy. Now McAvoy, of course, had his contract extension kick in at the beginning of last season, but they had so many players signed at team-friendly deals, including Pasternak, Brad Marchand, you could argue, is still pretty team-friendly at 6.125. Pavel Zaka was making less. Taylor Hall, yeah, a bit elevated at $6 million for the production that he gave. But Linus Allmark, $5 million, posting unreal stats to win the Vesna. You just had career seasons from Allmark, Pasternak at very team-friendly contracts. And, you know, the Bruins, again, 823 point percentage, the highest by far in an 82-game season in the salary cap era, the 2018-19 Tampa Bay Lightning. We're at 780, Chicago Blackhawks at 802. That was in a shortened 48-game season. And the Bruins' defense, one of the best in the cap era as well. 2.12 goals per game. They averaged, um, let's see here, 3.67 goals per game. Just an unreal goal differential uh, that they were able to put up and that's unlikely to be met once again. We'll talk about that in seasons, or sorry, segments two and three, why the offense, at the very least, will be taking a hit next season. So if we're talking about why the team will not be as good as next season, it's because that team was historically good, okay? And we're unlikely to see a season like that for a bit here, unless the cap goes up significantly and teams can build that depth. The Bruins had ridiculous depth heading into the playoffs, especially after the trade deadline when Don Sweeney used that LTIR to acquire Tyler Bertuzzi. You could have Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi on your third line. Uh, Just ridiculous. And a lot of that came down to the center depth which may or may not exist this coming season as well. I did want to note that, yes, we can still look back at last regular season and celebrate what the Bruins accomplished, despite the fact that they tanked so hard in the postseason. Such a fun regular season to watch. Every night, it felt like they were going to win, pretty much. and. Just so 
few, if any, weaknesses on that roster. Again, like Nick Felino said the other day, it's mind-boggling that they didn't get it done in the playoffs. You play that series against Florida 100 times, Boston probably wins more often than not, but that's the situation. I, for one, am still looking back at that season with joy and uh, thankfulness that we were able to witness that special regular season, at least, for the Boston Bruins. Going to talk specifically about some reasons why the Bruins won't be as good next season beyond just the fact that it's impossible to replicate what they just did here in a moment. I want to talk first about our friends over at Athletic Greens. Now, Athletic Greens has a product that so many people are using each and every day because it is so beneficial for your daily health. It's a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. Replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps you build your health foundation first. A lot of pro athletes even drink AG1, and that's why I'm a huge fan. It's a microhabit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health every day. Now, if this is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network to check it out and get started. All right, thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. We will be back with a fresh new show on Monday discussing uh, three reasons why the Bruins maybe won't be better next season, but will still be a pretty good team. Today we're focusing on why they will take steps back, and the easiest answer is because, well, they could be without both Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci heading into next season because one or both could be contemplating retirement. And as good as they've been over the last 10, 15 years for the Boston Bruins, yes, they're advancing in age, but they were still very, very good this past season. In fact, Patrice Bergeron won the Selkie Trophy, his sixth as the best two-way forward in the NHL. He ranked third on the team in points with 27 goals, 31 assists for 58 points in 78 games. David Krejci took a year off, went to Czechia, dominated that league, came back, still posted 56 points in 70 games, 16 goals, 40 assists. Yes, they're not getting any younger. Yes, they were banged up in the postseason and weren't able to play all the games. Uh, David Krejci just turned, uh, well, 37. And Patrice Bergeron also getting up there. He will turn 38 next week. Or in in 10 days, anyways. So, 
yeah, significant. Uh, getting up there in age, but still very effective and still could anchor Boston's top two lines for at least one more season with great efficacy. Now, I've long contended that Patrice Bergeron will be back. I don't think he's going to retire after winning the Selkie Trophy and having his final on-ice act be tearfully hugging Brad Marchand after such a devastating playoff loss. I think he will um, come back for the centennial season. Um, Maybe he'll come back and say, this will be my final season so that we know it will be a kind of a swan song and he can be celebrated instead of just kind of walking off after that disappointing loss. David Krejci, I'm not as convinced that he will be back. Um, So, If you have one of them in the mix, ideally it's Bergeron, and he will still ply his trade as the best two-way forward in the NHL. Losing David Krejci would not be as detrimental, but it would still hurt the Bruins. Uh, Can you rely on Pavel Zaka to be a second-line center and driving play for David Pasternak for a full 82 games? I mean, we're probably going to find out. It's one thing to have Zaka playing on the wing with Krejci and Pasternak. It's another to have him anchor the second line and setting up Pasternak, helping him achieve that 60 goal mark once again. And then who knows who will be on the left side? James Van Riemsdyk, Jesper Bokvist perhaps, who signed yesterday. Talked about that on the podcast. Um Losing both Bergeron and Krejci diminishes the talent pool up front. Even losing one of those guys is significant. And, you know, if they lose both, you're riding with Charlie Coyle as Brad Marchand's center with probably Jake DeBrusque, Pavel Zaka with Van Riemsdyk Pasternak. That's a significantly... uh, a significant downgrade when it comes to your top six depth. And that will be a huge reason why the Bruins take a step back next season. There's other reasons, of course, and we will discuss that after the break. All right. Not only could the Bruins be without Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, although once again, I do think Bergeron will be back. Krejci, perhaps not so much. But they're losing some other offensive weapons as well. Taylor Hall, of course, gone to the Chicago Blackhawks in a cap dump. He only had 36 points last season, but was limited to 61 games. Still had 16 goals, so it would have been over 20 if he had played the full season. And again, his absence puts a hit on the offense. Now, trading him opened up the possibility of signing quite a few guys, namely Van Riemsdyk, Bucic, Shattenkirk, Geeky, Jesper Bokvist. So can those guys combine to make up the difference from Taylor Hall? Yeah, probably. But still, he was an impact player, and he wasn't the only loss as well. Nick Foligno's gone. 
He had 26 points, 10 goals in 60 games last season. Tyler Bertuzzi, of course, 16 points in 21 games in the regular season for the Bruins. Uh, those are, are pretty big hits that the Bruins are taking. And let's be honest, the offense will not be as good this season as it was in 2022-2023. The Bruins, second highest goals per game. Next to the Edmonton Oilers, who of course boast Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. And while Van Riemsdyk, Bolkvist have some potential to chip in, it's going to be really tough for the Bruins to replicate that offensive success anyways. And that's a reason why they have prioritized keeping the defense core together for the most part. Connor Clifton is gone. Shattenkirk in, Ian Mitchell in, Jakobs Borl rounding out the top eight, along with Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Grizzlick, who's still around, thankfully, Brendan Carlo, Derek Forbort. And, of course, they prioritizing, to, to this point anyways, keeping that Jennings Trophy winning goaltending duo intact as well. Now, Linus Allmark. Still under contract for two more seasons at a very nice $5 million. But Jeremy Swayman yet to be signed as a restrictive free agent. So there's still, you know, some questions at the moment as to whether that duo will be back until they're both under contract. But um, they are prioritizing, it seems anyways, keeping them together. Now, it's not listed in the bullet points on YouTube, but of course, another big reason why the Bruins won't be as good next season is because Allmark likely going to regress. Very, very difficult to see him replicating that 938 save percentage, 189 goals against average, 40 wins. Um, those are kind of otherworldly numbers that we expected to regress this coming season. Unfortunately, it kind of hit in the playoffs, highlighted by that giveaway in overtime. But um, a less potent offense with the losses of Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi, you could argue Nick Felino. I mean, still, he had 10 goals in a, a fourth-line role. That is pretty significant. Um, coupled with lack of depth at center, especially if both Bergeron and Krejci are gone, and likely regression for um, our boy Linus Allmark. Those are some big factors there. Consider Allmark, and I, he still has pretty good career numbers. 919 save percentage. For his career, 250 goals against average. Um, those are really good numbers on average for a goaltender in the NHL. Career numbers, even considering he played a bunch of those seasons with the Buffalo Sabres. But even if he posts that career number of 919, still going to cost you a few games 
all those extra goals going in the net. So I still think the Bruins will be in playoff contention. I don't think they're going to bottom out per se, uh, especially if Patrice Bergeron comes back. I still think, I think they'll be fine if, if Bergeron comes back still may, you know, not necessarily Stanley cup favorites or even contenders, but still a team capable of winning on any given night. That's with Bergeron in the mix. If they have no Bergeron or Krejci, things get a bit dicey. If Allmark really falls off, then yeah, that could be. I mean, think about getting to a career average of 919 from 938 to get to that 919. Um, it could be a pretty big drop off somewhere in the middle, like around 900 just in those two seasons. So that could be, that could be problematic. Jeremy Swayman might have to be called upon to carry a bit more of the load. And um, you know, if he's not signed, if Frederick's not signed for whatever reason, then there's even more problems to talk about, but hopefully both of those guys are back in the mix sometime soon. So sorry to be a bit of a downer on a Friday, but it shouldn't really come as any surprise. This isn't really news. Again, last season, just a very special regular season, unlikely to be replicated anytime soon. And just wanted to touch on some specific reasons why the Bruins won't repeat as President's Trophy winners. No Bergeron, possibly. No Krejci, likely. You are replacing Bertuzzi and Hall with kind of some bargain bin options. And Linus Allmark likely to take a step back as well. So, anyways, please do get outside this weekend. Enjoy the sunshine. We're heading down to St. Catharines, Ontario for a family barbecue beach day some adult beverages for the over 18 crowd or 19, sorry, in Ontario. And um, should be a fun time. Please do take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. Thank you so much for the ongoing support for Locked On Boston Bruins. It's been a great month so far uh, as we put last season aside and start to look ahead at these acquisitions and whatnot. And I really do appreciate it. And uh, expect continued daily coverage of the Boston Bruins through next week here on Locked On Boston Bruins because we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.